This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pajemski can't get the shot off, wheels back to the paint, throws it outside to Curry. Curry spins on Suggs, backs up, shoots the fadeaway up, and good. Oh, Suggs, look for him. He goes, where did he go? He didn't see him. 45-40, Warriors up five. Curry with a flurry and a timeout for the Magic. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Well, that was Tim Roy on the call, as he is always here on 95.7 The Game. And I do love Jalen Suggs. I mean, I'm a fan of West Coast Conference basketball. I'm following him since Gonzaga. But Stephen Curry, for whatever reason, just decided to take out his frustration on that particular play on Jalen Suggs, as he did really the entire night to the Orlando Magic. Curry scores 36 points in 35 minutes, and the Warriors get a much-needed win at home as they take down the Orlando Magic 121-115. to What's up, everyone? This is Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. My name is Evan Giddings. We are presented by Xfinity, the Xfinity 10G network made for streaming live sports. The Warriors get back into the win column, snapping a three-game skid. And look, I know that I wasn't here for the last three games, but that looked to me like the team that when I left right before Christmas – was the team that was consistently putting up performances at home. Now, I know they didn't run away with the game tonight, but that was a quality victory against an Orlando Magic team that is fourth in the Eastern Conference that hadn't necessarily been playing well as of late. But that's a team that, at least earlier in the season, especially during the 4 out of 12, 16-game stretch, you thought would give the Warriors some fits. And to their credit, they did. I mean, the Magic battled hard tonight, and it kind of seemed to me like a game where... Orlando just, and, and literally down the stretch, just would not let go of a chance to win that game. Uh, in the first quarter, it was free throws and fast break points that they took advantage of. In the second half, it was some ample opportunities, including uh, you know an end-of-the-half three-pointer by Gary Harris, and Curry and, and Wiggins kind of got lost a little bit. Um, in the third quarter, the Warriors began to pull away. They found themselves offensively. The Splash Brothers began to get going. And then defensively in the fourth quarter, I thought Jonathan Kaminga really set the tone. And along with someone like Clay Thompson, who was going body for body with Paolo Banquero, who is a mountain of a man, by the way. I mean, seeing him on television is one thing. Getting to see him live at Chase Center, the, the six foot nine, you know, two hundred and twenty-five, two hundred thirty-pound uh, animal that is Paolo Banquero. I thought Clay did a pretty good job on him. And then Kaminga, I thought, really set the tone defensively uh, against a lot of solid perimeter players for Orlando. So that that was a good win by the Golden State Warriors tonight. It was 
a much-needed win after laying eggs against Miami and even against Dallas to some extent. Both of those are also playoff teams. But to me, the Denver game was understandable, the way that they went back and forth. The Miami game, I didn't think the Warriors really showed up for. And then the Dallas game, there was just a bunch of miscues, especially on the defensive side. Tonight, you didn't see that as much. You saw gang rebounding. You saw the Warriors not or not foul uh, while playing defense. And you also saw them, I, I know they were dealt a big blow tonight. Gary Payton II goes down with what is reported as a hamstring injury. That is straight from the Warriors. Uh, he actually tweeted after the game. You can go check it out. There's a, a funny gif about uh, how things just essentially aren't fair for him right now. Two games back after a calf strain kept him out for an extended period of time, and he goes down with a hamstring injury. So, you know, a win and a loss from that perspective. But the Warriors climb back to one game below 500, now 16 and 17 overall. They hand the Magic their 14th defeat of the season. Now 19 and 14 are Orlando. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to chime in on the Comcast business text line. If you want to call in, I see on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. We appreciate you all chiming in. And uh, my family, what time does the post game generally start? Well, that depends on, uh, you know, Tim Roy as well as R.C. Davis, who did a fantastic job after the game. But generally, I'd say anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes after the game. And, of course, you can watch on YouTube. You can listen on the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app. And I think there's also a couple of things that happened around this game. Um, you know, number one, I mean, the, the biggest story is, is Stephen Curry. I mean, uh, Steph during the three-game losing streak, and, and we talked about it today on Steiny Gruber. To me, the, the biggest reason the Warriors lost those three games was because Steph did not play it at the top five player level that he's capable of. And look, I know people are going to have ups and downs. I'm, that's, I'm not saying he's got to just show up and score 35 a night. But in order for this team to be in games against good teams, I think Orlando is a good team, uh, they need Curry to play well. And tonight, he absolutely did. And you could, you could kind of tell, too, like the frustration that Steph had on his face on the bench after Miami and during the game against Dallas. I mean, he took it out on the Orlando Magic. And you could tell there was a look away in the third quarter from the bench. You know, there was a step back over Goga uh, in the fourth quarter, a little, you know, turn around and he's looking at the crowd already running back to the other end. There's a shimmy on an and one late in that game down the stretch. You know, Steph was Steph was demonstrative tonight. And to me, I think that there was a building frustration, yes, with the losses over the last three games, but with the way that the team had been playing. Kind of sleepwalky a little bit, lackadaisical at times, not knowing where to be during those three games. And Steph, to me, took it upon himself, even in the first quarter, in the, or the first half, when he wasn't shooting that well, he was aggressive. He took some early shots and shot clocks. Like he was rushing a little bit, and then once he found it, it just absolutely unloaded. I mean, Steph just took this game into his hands and took things over in the fourth quarter. It's the fifth time that he scored 35-plus this season. And I also don't think there's a correlation between that number, or the 30, I should say, and the wins and losses. The Golden State Warriors are 11-3 and when Curry scores 30-plus points. They're 5-14 and when he doesn't. And, you know, more than ever, uh, this team goes as Steph goes. And tonight, Steph was damn good. He was great against the Orlando Magic. And that is the def I think that's the second best defense as far as per 100 possessions. That is a really good defense that Stephen Curry just torched. 
and he gave them 36 and 35 minutes. He had 27 through three quarters, and he put the team on his back offensively in that second half. I know he also shouldered a lot of the load offensively in the first half too, but the efficiency, I mean, the the showmanship, the entertainment, all of it was packaged together in that second half by Stephen Curry, and I think the rest of the Warriors also fed off of that. It's the first time this season all five Warriors starters have scored in double digits. Now, I know it's kind of a, a new starting lineup in a sense. It's the 11th starting lineup combination that Kerr has used through the first now 32 games of the season. But Kaminga, I mean, we just go down the line here. Kaminga, 34 minutes, was a plus nine, scoring 19 points. I thought he was incredibly impactful in the second half after a first half in which I thought he might have been trying to do a little bit too much. And I was glad that that didn't, you know, I guess, leak into Kerr's mind and have him not go back to him or not give him extended run because Kaminga is a guy that is built for a team like the Orlando Magic. He is long, he is lengthy, he is athletic, he is strong, he can get downhill, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side when he is in the right mindset, and he absolutely was tonight. So I was glad to see Kaminga. He was one of five from three, but I think the mentality on both ends of the floor to me is what I liked. Also a willingness to move the ball where it needed to go. I thought Kaminga had a great feel to tonight's game, specifically in the last 24 minutes, and is also a big reason why the Warriors won tonight. Trace Jackson Davis, you know, 10 points in 24 minutes, uh, had a couple of big blocks. I I know he he cleaned up stuff around the rim, uh, had a couple of of, um, easy looks set up by Klay Thompson in the first quarter. Uh, He he got a, a couple of putbacks late that were really nice, but to me, defensively, just added someone of an interior presence, had a couple of big blocks, um, and then also was able to get to the free throw line, which the Warriors as a whole did against the number one free throw shooting team in the league. They were plus 13, or probably plus 14 in terms of free throw attempts tonight. They did miss 13 of them, so that's something you got to clean up. Uh, But Trace Jackson Davis got to the stripe six times. Chris Paul, I thought, was up and down, but he's a player that, even when he doesn't have it going offensively, or, or I mean, like I thought Chris Paul was a little bit hesitant, um, especially off the rip. And then when Orlando began to make their run towards the tail end of the third quarter, they got a leak out and a Wagner dunk, and then they went on an 8 0 run to begin that fourth quarter. I thought that Chris Paul was not really impacting the game or was kind of just settling and, and going, not through the motions, but he was. Uh, a little bit slow, and then once, you know, when, when Curry comes on the court and starts doing what he does, it makes everyone better. I thought Paul fed off of that as well. Uh, Clay Thompson tonight, 15 points. I know he was 3 of 8 from 3, but he got a couple of looks inside the 2, had a couple of dishes, and then I think what he did most importantly tonight to me, uh, defensively making Paolo Banquero work, that is not someone that is easy to stay in front of, especially when you're given up. And Klay Thompson has been asked to guard fours, but he hasn't been asked to guard, I don't think, a physical specimen for a long extended period of time the way that he was asked to guard Paolo Bencaro tonight. And I know Paolo ended up with 27 and 12. A lot of it was kind of down the stretch when the Warriors were trading baskets and just trying to stave off the magic. And they did give us a scare there (laughs) down the stretch. But I think for most of the game, you know, you look up midway through the fourth, and Paolo's 5 for 15 from the floor. He's 8 for 20 uh, on the game, got a lot at the free throw line, and you know had a few offensive rebounds as well. But I thought Klay Thompson battled against Paolo, and 
I didn't necessarily expect him to be someone that drew that assignment, number one initially, but then for the entire game. And that was something that the Warriors just had to go to because there was so much other size to worry about. Kamenga was on Franz Wagner. Uh, Mo Wagner gave them good minutes. Um, I mean, you had, you had Badaze, who's a seven-footer, can step out, actually hit every single one of his shots tonight. Um, so, you know, the Magic had a lot of size, and Klay Thompson ended up on Bankero, and I, I thought he held his own. But again, the Warriors as a whole, their starting unit tonight, 19 from Kaminga, 10 from TJD, 12 from CP3, 15 from Clay, and then, of course, the 36 from Stephen Curry. 888-957-9570 is the number. This is Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. Please chime in on our Comcast business text line. I'll see you there on YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Let's get out to Daniel in Pacifica. Or, pardon me, Daniel in Indiana. I apologize. Well, there might be a Pacifica in Indiana. What's up, Daniel? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. How you doing? What's up, my guy? How are you? Good, man. How are we feeling? How are we feeling after the win? They snapped a skid. What's good? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what I've noticed is the Warriors, they've lived in, and uh, died by the three-man, uh, become too one-dimensional at times, and, and same with the playoffs last year. Uh, the win tonight is a lot to do with the, the ability to go inside and create, and that opens up the outside, you know, and, and those opportunities. Um, Turner, obviously, still trying to fit too many guys into the game. Uh, continues to pull guys after they hit a couple of shots and start to warm up, which I don't think makes any sense. Because uh, basketball is a rhythm thing, you know, you got to let those guys play. But uh, I know we're deep. Uh, you know, those other guys need to come in and, and be a change of pace. They don't need to, it, you know, just because you're paid a million dollars doesn't mean that you're guaranteed minutes, you know. And other than that, I think it was great to see these guys focusing on defense. Uh, if GP2 is going to be out for, you know, an extended period of time, then obviously I think Mo- Moses uh, should get those those minutes. He's got some mm. stank defense and. Last thing, I would say it's obvious that Dario is kind of outclassed by TJD and Kaminga athletically. It was a crime to see TJD sitting on the bench while, uh, you know, uh, Dario just kind of labored through the whole process. And, um, oh, and I guess if I'm going to tag, tag on to that, it, you know, with Steph, as far as Steph goes, uh, I would love to see him um, box out sometime. You know, just put put a put a body on somebody and try to box out. You know, especially when uh, TJD is trying to you know rotate over and get somebody else's man. Um, I just see him standing around like way too much down there. So that's where I'm at, man. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate the call. A lot of good points there. Also appreciate you sticking with us. At if I believe Indiana is on the Eastern Time Zone, you're up at one thirty in the morning, my man. Thanks for calling in. Um, I think some good points there, and look, the the elephant in the room for this game, like if there was going to be something that I think people will look at and say, what the heck, um, because there's always something to come down Steve Kerr's road for, uh, it is the the absence of, of Moses Moody. And I think with the injury to GP2, who also was really good tonight, like I thought, so the Magic get off to an 11-2 start to the game, and then... You know, the Warriors stabilized a little bit, but what changed is Kerr brought in the combination of GP2 and Brandon Bajemski. And I, I was always curious to see how those guys would fit together. Not that I didn't think they would, uh, and I'm sad now that it looks like we're not going to get to see them play together for at least a couple games. Hopefully it's not an extended period of time again for GP2. We just seemed to can't catch a break uh, when it comes to injuries. But they're players that kind of do similar things as far as, 
you know, they're anticipatory. They're really good rebounders. They have a nose for the ball. Pajemski's probably, well, is a better shooter. GP2 is more athletic and a better defender, I think. So I was curious to see how they'd complement each other. When they came into the game in the first quarter, they were immediately like a plus eight. Um, so they, they brought great energy off the bench. And I think that the move for Chris Paul to go into the starting lineup it might be kind of a wash at this point. I mean, Pajemski, he still played 28 minutes. It's not like he didn't have a great impact on this game. Um, it was in the game down the stretch until Kerr decided he had to go back to Chris Paul because Curry had a couple of late turnovers. But to your point about Moody, um, th- this is what I'll say. Like, So that was around the tail end of the third quarter when Orlando looked like they were going to make a run. So GP2 goes down at the 349 mark of the third quarter, and it just... It was all bad, right? He nearly throws his headband um, from the media section. It was very clear he was cursing. Like he knew what he'd injured. And if you actually go back, it looked like he injured it on the possession before when he was trying to defend in the backcourt and then got knocked over, grabbed his hamstring, tried to play through it a little bit, and then ran into a screen. I forget if it was Cole Anthony, but anyways, he grabs his, I, I thought it was like his thigh or his groin, but it evidently is his hamstring, according to Golden State, uh, their PR team. So he goes down, and then the Warriors get a, a pods hits a three to put him up six, and then they end the quarter with a Wagner leak out. In the fourth quarter, you exit with that same lineup, which is Pajemski, CP3, Sharich, Wiggins, TJD, I think, was the five out there. And that's a situation where I think a lot of people are looking at Moses Moody. And when t- and GP2 has kind of taken Moses Moody's spot. Like, if you're... I, th- I thought it was also telling that when Pajemski came into the game for the starters, like the first possession, or first subs, Pajemski comes in for Chris Paul. GP2 comes in for Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson's the two. That's kind of been Moses Moody's spot. So when GP2 comes in and takes those minutes, it's understandable because I think GP2 right now is probably a little bit better of a fit, um, and Moses Moody's just the odd man out. But when GP2 gets hurt, I do think there is a question of, well, where is Moses? And if the answer is, I know we're going to hear from Steve Kern just a little bit, if the answer is, well, he hadn't played to that point and we didn't want to throw him in cold, I mean, I, I guess I'll hear that. It was a relatively close game, but we've also seen Kerr throw Jonathan Kaminga into a game that he hadn't played. Granted, that was against Portland, and that was a game where nothing else was working, but Kaminga was able to really have a big impact at that game, and that's jump-started what has been a great extended stretch uh, from JK. So you know, maybe it was that Mo- Moses hadn't played to that point, and he didn't think it was fair to throw him in cold. Maybe he liked what he saw from... Because I, I, at that point, to me... It probably would have been for CP3 or Sharich. And, I, I mean, I would have been fine. I don't think Dario played that well tonight. Um, and to me, to your point, Daniel, and there's a long-winded way of saying it, I would like to see TJD get a little bit more of, of Sarich's time. Uh, but, you know, in that situation, that's probably where you, you do see Kerr and the, the beginning of that fourth quarter lean more on a veteran because he wants Chris Paul on the floor with... Wiggins, who's a vet, but then Pajemski and TJD are both playing. Those are both rookies, so he wants some more experience on the floor, and, and Moody evidently didn't didn't fit into that. So I, I think that's that's a 
you know, that's, that's a fair criticism. Um, but I also didn't know at that time what the options were because what I saw in real time wasn't people asking for Moody necessarily. I think it was just a culmination of the fact that he hadn't played the entire time. But when Orlando began on an 8-0 run, it was, well, where's Steph? You know, where's, where's someone who can put a pin in this run that Orlando is making? And I'm looking at the box score. I'm seeing, well, Curry played 27 minutes or 26 minutes through the first three quarters. At the time, Klay Thompson did not play that well. He, he was in foul trouble early. Um, I thought in the first half he took some, some tough shots, especially from three. And he finished the game very strong. But I didn't think it was a place where Klay Thompson is the one you throw in to stop a sinking ship potentially. I, I don't know what else the options were. If, if people believe, you know, Moses Moody was that guy in that spot, well, then that that's fair. So, you know, look, yeah, uh, Sadil Nunez on, on YouTube is saying Moody's a great defender and a shooter. I, I don't know what Kerr's thinking. Um, I mean, Moody is, is a solid defender, I think, and he's kind of a streaky shooter. I, I don't think he's that great of a knockdown shooter. In fact, to me, that's probably why he doesn't play more is because he's not – as much of a consistent three-point shooter as the Warriors want him to be. And now I think he is hopefully going to get some some minutes because Draymond and GP2 are out. But, I mean, tonight, I think that was just kind of a tough spot. And, and luckily, the Warriors, not luckily, the Warriors went and grabbed that game because Curry was awesome. Um, if Moody comes in and they lose... You know, I, I think there's there's also criticism to say, well, how come Steve Kerr went to a guy who hadn't played yet and threw him into a game, and maybe he doesn't play well? You don't want to set someone up to fail. I know Mo, I know Moses is Mister Stay Ready, but um, to me, that was a six to one half dozen of the other situation. And and if you if you feel differently, I'm happy to hear it at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Um, to me tonight, as we move towards our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. To me, looking up and down, uh, this is kind of a, a tough choice because I thought there was a lot of hard workers. I mean, off the bench, I thought Looney played well tonight. I know he only had five points, picked up, picked up a lot of fouls. Uh, but but five rebounds off the pine was a plus 10 along with GP2. Pajemski always works hard. Uh, but to me in this game, the, the hardest worker on both ends of the court was Jonathan Kaminga. And I, I thought it was – I didn't think it was his best game of the season because I would still contend that his performance against Boston was more critical in a game against a better opponent with a little bit higher stakes because that game went to overtime – the Warriors were down by 17 in that game, and Kaminga played really well in the fourth quarter, as well as, of course, getting that that pick six to start OT uh, to help Golden State win that game and what has been their most impressive win this season. So I, I think Kaminga, that would be my Kaminga game so far this year. But if you're telling me that that this was the best half that he's played in a season, or that he's played this season... Uh, I'll certainly hear that. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga in the second half was really good. And defensively, um, I thought he got the best of, of Wagner in that second half. Now, I think, of course, there was... And, and I, I wonder how much, like, if we could get a candid Kaminga to speak about his approach coming into this game. Because he hasn't really had the opportunity, or been given it, to play against Orlando for an extended stretch, and mainly play against Franz Wagner, who was the guy who was drafted 
right behind him. And a lot of people have gone back and forth. Was it the right pick? Was Kaminga wrong? Blah, 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 blah. And that doesn't matter. I think Kaminga is the, is the kind of competitor that would say, and he picked him up, if you noticed, off the, off the jump. Starters. Kaminga was matched up on Wagner. I think he wanted that assignment. And I think he wanted to take it to Wagner to prove, in a sense, that he was the right pick and that he is the right pick. Because in the second half, even though Wagner had 25 on, on 10 of 19 shooting for the game, in the second half, Kaminga gave it to him. He was defending. He was switching. He was passing. He was getting blocks. Um, he got downhill. He got to the free throw line. Jonathan Kaminga checked just about every single box that there is to check against one of the most athletic and defensive-laden groups in the NBA in that second half. And I thought he was fantastic, and I thought he got the better of Wagner. So tip of the cap to Jonathan Kaminga and our hardest worker of the game. All right, when we come back on Warriors Wrap-Up, I do want to take more of your calls. I apologize, Junior. I see you. We'll get you on the other side. Also want to listen to Steve Kerr, who spoke post-game about a litany of things. He also had a juicy... Uh, quote before the game about Draymond Green. But if you want to chime in, 888-957-9570 is the number. Uh, I see you on YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union, also the Comcast Business Text Line. I see you. 447 Dub Nation wants to see more balanced wins like tonight from the starters on the bench. Seven players in double digits tonight for the Warriors. Five in the starting lineup. That's the first time this season. I'll repeat, first time this season. The Warriors have had all of their starters in double digits, and they beat a top-four seed in the Eastern Conference, taking down the Orlando Magic against score 121-115. to We'll step aside, be back after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, 
There's joy in every journey. With more and more is wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Defensive rebound. Curry had it off a deflection. Back to Payton. He'll drive. Goes up and under by Batazzi. Lays it in. Timeout Orlando. The Warriors have their biggest lead of the night. It's 80-74. to 4-10 left in the third. And Chase is on fire. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, one segment here left on Warriors Wrap-Up. Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to chime in. Comcast Business Text Line. Also the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union as well as Twitch. Warriors get a much-needed win against a good Orlando Magic team tonight at Chase Center. Final score 121-115. to Warriors move a game within 500. And, of course, that is big considering you got the defending champs coming into town on Thursday night. The Den Denver Nuggets, and then you follow that up with a couple of easier home games to end your homestand uh, compared to the ones that you started with. You know, you get four playoff teams in a row, essentially. Um, then after that, you get Detroit, Toronto, and New Orleans. Um, so, you know, the Warriors, I think, are in a decent position right now. Uh, the game against Denver will be telling. Because I thought the Warriors hung with the Denver Nuggets on Christmas Day right down to the wire. And if not for, you know, a, a slow Curry game and a slow Clay game, they might have won that game. So if Curry plays like he does tonight, again, 36 points in 35 minutes. When Curry scores 30 or more points, the Golden State Warriors are 11-3. and When he does not, they are 5-14. and If he plays like he does tonight, I like their chances even against the defending champs. But I, I, I told Junior we'd get him on uh, right before the break. Junior in Pacifica is up right now on 95.7 The Game here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Junior? What do you think of the game? Hey, thank, thank you. Thank you for coming around and uh, appreciate this good conversation late at night. Hey, what your analysis gave me a thought. So hmm. you kind of showed evidence on both sides, and I think that I think Steph is largely carrying the team right now. I think we're just very dependent on his hot or not nights. A few years ago, LeBron was in the same situation where the team around him was not very strong. He has always been more overt in his um, actions at the team and trade level than Steph has. Steph has kind of had final approval or, you know, been in the discussion, whereas LeBron has often driven the discussion with his teams. It may be... You know, and and Lacob's interests are a little different than Steph because Lacob bones this thing for the long term. Steph has his era that's, you know. But if Steph is still going to be strong at 39, he may need to push harder to get a team around him that's going to maximize his talents. And LeBron did it like two or three times. The the you know Lakers kept shaking the Yahtzee dice until they came up the way they wanted, <laughs> and now they are a serious contender. Uh, Steph may have to, you know, swim in a little different lane and push a little harder, even if it's not quite public. But he he may have to throw his weight around. Uh, and then just one quick thing to highlight. Someone talked about Steph boxing out. I mean, I'm sorry. Steph totally overperforms for his size. But for him to box out is not an easy uh, thing to ask. Yeah, I mean, well, you got to nitpick one thing, Junior. I mean, Steph's not perfect. I'm just kidding. No, that, that's a great call. Uh, look, I think that is something that, to me, you talk about the leadership or the 
difference between a Stephen Curry and a LeBron as roster construction is concerned, I think that's one of the reasons why I have always really liked Stephen Curry the person. Because whether he is someone that behind closed doors is aggressive when it comes to trades or not, I don't really know. I would probably lean towards no just based on how the teams have been in Golden State. They've been ones that have had continuity. And I, I, I don't think Curry is a guy that goes in and asks for people to be traded for. Oddly enough, I think the one time that Steph was vocal about wanting a player was when he wanted Avery Bradley before the 2022 season. And obviously Avery Bradley was not on the team. And instead the Warriors went out and signed this guy who had been kind of bouncing around, hadn't played more than... I think 40 or 50 games in a season. His name is Gary Payton II. And he ended up being great for the Golden State Warriors. So, you know, that, that's not to say that Steph doesn't know how to evaluate talent. Or I, I just don't think that is who Steph is. And if you think that doesn't make him, you know, a complete leader or, you know, he needs to be more aggressive, I mean, I, I guess I can, I can kind of understand that. I think that Curry has been more vocal in recent years than ever before. And the evidence of that would be Game 7 against Sacramento last year when he told Draymond Green to essentially drop the mic and take a seat because he was going to do the pregame speech and get the guys riled up. And instead, he ended up riling up himself. He scored 50 points in a Game 7. So, I, I, I don't know. At the trade deadline, and these are questions that I think are being broached now because the Raptors and the Knicks made a move. Like, they fired the first shot where a lot of trades don't tend to happen at either the end of December or the beginning of January. But if the Warriors do make a move, they will have to run it by Stephen Curry. That is where I will meet you, Junior, is if the Warriors do make a move, they do not do it without his say-so. Now, that doesn't mean that he is going to be a guy banging on the table saying, I want this, I want that. But the moment that they decide to trade someone, because in all likelihood, if the Warriors do move off of a piece this season, it's probably going to be someone that is or was a big part of their 2022 championship. And that means you have to run it by the chef. I think you owe him that, and I don't think you do anything from a trade perspective unless he gives them the say-so. But I, I don't think he's the LeBron guy that goes into you know the war room with his GM hat every two weeks and says, what are we doing? How is my team going to get better? Uh, because I don't think that's who Curry is. Uh, it's one of the things I actually really like about him. 888-957-9570 is the number. Comcast business text line as well. I'm with you, 626. Warriors have the rematch against the Nuggets circled after the Xmas loss. Look out, Denver. And, and this is, gosh, I, I really hope it doesn't go the same way as the, as the first two times. I know that they were in Denver. But it's not just about the losses themselves. Because they've lost to Denver twice this year by a combined nine points. They lost 108-105, and that was the game where you know Clay had a chance at a half-court heave, dropped the ball, or Chris Paul had the to pass too far ahead, whatever you want to call it. They lose that game on November 8th. If you remember, that was the start of their six-game losing streak in which they lost five of which at home. So that was not a good start to that specific stretch of the season, and it was after they were 6-2. and two, Things looked okay. It was a you know an understandable loss. And then... Fast forward to Christmas Day, you're coming off of five wins in a row. You think you've righted the ship. You're a game above 500. Boom. You lose a game in which you play really well. Andrew Wiggins was solid in that game. Um, Pajemski put the NBA world on notice, you know, on a, on a national perspective against the champs. 
Um, you know, the, the Warriors really, I think, lost that game because of free throw shooting. And you can make an argument the referees weren't great in that game. So all those things happen. And then you come home and boom, you lay an egg against Miami. Dallas takes advantage of you. Doncic has 39. Um, you know, so I, I, what I hope, like, I don't, don't get me wrong. Tonight is a good win for the Golden State Warriors, and it was a needed win. And it was also a win in which they bucked a couple trends, right? Orlando is a team that was second in defensive rating. Well, Stephen Curry annihilated them. He dropped 36. Orlando's a team that gets to the free throw line more than any other team in the NBA. The Warriors were plus 14 in free throw attempts tonight. They outdid them there. And then you look at the the height of the Orlando Magic on average. They're the tallest team in the NBA. And what did the Warriors do? They hung with them on the glass. You know, so I look, I, I think I think the Warriors had a good win tonight. And not to say if they lose to Denver, that's also something that is you could foresee. But the rest of this homestand is important from the stand, from the macro standpoint of I think you have to go three and two at the very least. And you've already gotten one win under your belt. So from the rest of the way, if you can go three and one against Denver, Detroit, Toronto, New Orleans, well then you're looking at a you're looking at being two games above five hundred. Even if you go, you know, two and two the rest of the way, uh, that's that's not, you know, ideal. Um, but three and one, the rest of part of me would be a game above 500. I apologize for the math there. But if you go three and one over the last four games at home, and I think three of those games are winnable, especially if you somehow steal one against the Nuggets, and you kind of have been hanging with them the first two meetings, anyways, and now you get them at home after a good game. You got some of the continuity back, you got some of the chemistry back. I, I think this is a good spot for the Warriors to play Denver, and they can grab that game. Well, then you might be able to take two of the next three, and you're looking at a team that's above 500 and back in this thing as they hit the road for a four-game roadie. So, um, you know, I, I think the Warriors are in a, a solid position with the win tonight, but they got to back it up. They they got to continue to show us that this isn't just another seesaw affair and a roller coaster ride back up, and then they come cratering down on Thursday. They need to put together some more continuity, uh, some, some continuous solid stretches of basketball, and they have been a very streaky team this year. Six and two, then four and twelve, then five and zero, oh, then then one and three. You know, and the Warriors have not put together a an extended stretch of quality basketball yet. That doesn't mean they're not capable of doing it, but I have yet to see it, and they have an opportunity to, to do that here in what has been their longest home stretch of the season. Um, good win tonight against the Orlando Magic, 121-115, Warriors now 16-17. and I know Steve Kerr had a couple of interesting, interesting things to say after the game, so let's take a listen to the head coach of the Golden State Warriors after the win. Hamstring strain on Gary, but does he need any more imaging or any more information? I don't know anything, yeah. How big of a, even with no further information, just how big of a blow and disappointing is it for him personally to have just come back? Yeah, I feel bad for him more than anything. Um, you know, feel bad for us too, but mainly for him. He's been out whatever it is, four or five weeks. Um, he worked hard, <clears throat> hard to get back to this point. Um, he makes such a big impact for us. So fingers crossed that, that he's not out for too long. I think uh, maybe Steph got out of the slump tonight a little bit. What do you think about his performance tonight? Steph was amazing, but Steph is always amazing. He, you know, even when he doesn't score 36 points, he just the the, um, the attention he draws defensively, um, what he does um, to an opposing defense, the way he opens up the floor. Um, 
He's a remarkable player and, uh, you know, really, really got himself going on a night when we, when we needed it. Looked like there were a couple of turning points in the game, one in the second quarter and then later in the, in the third quarter, I think. What did, you, what did you see happening during those uh, key moments? Well, we started rebounding in the second half. They had 13 offensive boards in the first half and uh, only three in the second half. So I thought our, our work on the glass was much better. Um, I think uh, for the most part, we, we defended um, you know, without fouling. Um, so the game could flow for us and we, we took care of the ball, you know, only 12, uh, 12 turnovers for us. Um, and I thought a lot of guys came in and, and played really well. You know, um, Loon was fantastic, uh, plus 10 and obviously closed, closed the game. Uh, he's so good defensively and um, just, I thought, you know, Wiggs, Brandon, our, our bench came in, really did a good job. What do you think of Kaminga um, overall, especially you know guarding some of their bigger wings? Yeah, I, th- I thought J.K. had a, had, a, had a nice game. You know, he played uh, played hard. He he, he wasn't uh, into the ball enough in the first half, and Wagner was kind of getting downhill. And thought his defense picked up and was better in the second half. And then, you know, J.K. gives us. Um, those buckets around the hoop, those are big for us. We, we don't score easily around the basket all the time. And so when he can, uh, you know, get, get to the hoop, get to the foul line, get us easy, easy buckets, um, it's really important for us. So I thought he played a, a really good game. And that was Steve Kerr talking after the Warriors' victory against the Orlando Magic tonight. I, I think, and I want to echo a couple of those points because it's, it's what we talked about off the rip. I think with Kaminga, you know, what he was able to do on the defensive end of the court I thought was of paramount importance. I also think what Andrew Wiggins did, similar to Kaminga, you know, Kerr was talking about right there at the end how Kaminga gives them a lot at the rim. I, I, I thought Wiggins also in that first half came out offensively and was aggressive as well. So, you know, I, I think J.K. showed that tonight, even when the jump shot isn't going, he can still find ways to be effective. And he, he hasn't really shot the three well all year compared to how he had in his first two seasons. But he doesn't need the three ball to be going to still play with confidence on both ends. Like that That is a, a place of maturity and growth that I've seen from Kaminga. I think if this game happens, if this first half happens last year, Maybe even earlier this season, but but certainly last year. And remember, Magic actually beat the Warriors, I think, twice last season. Kaminga, I think, is the type of player last year that gets a little bit down on himself or internalizes that kind of pressing in the wrong way. Like, he tries to go one-on-one a little bit too much, or he tries to make it a game within the game. And that's where I've seen him take the biggest leap this year, and it, it's been on display. Like he, I mean, he scored, what, double digits in 14 of his last 15 games. But it's been on display in recent weeks where there's such a better feel. And he's only 21 years old, but there's such a better feel from last year to this as far as where the ball needs to go, where he needs to be on defense, you know, where he needs to be when it comes to rebounding or boxing out. Um, you're not seeing as many, you know, take fouls. You're not seeing as many decisions being made where it it doesn't look like there's really you know um I don't, I don't know thought behind it like last year he was kind of playing and this year he he still is i mean he he can get up and down with the best of them but kaminga is he he's he's turning into a guy that is not just the raw athlete that 
was the reason why he was taken a, a pick ahead of Franz Wagner. No, he's turning into the basketball player that the Warriors need on a team like this, which is someone who can consistently provide an impact even when he's not shooting well. And that is one thing that this team hasn't had a whole lot of. Now, I know Curry goes for 36. Like, they're going to be in every game that he does that. But the Warriors have a lot of players on this team, Curry included, that if their jump shot is not falling, it becomes very difficult for the Warriors to score with any consistency offensively. Kaminga is one of the few players that has the ability to get downhill, to create easy shots, to create second-chance opportunities, while also providing defense at a two-way level that has been evolving. And the Warriors don't have a lot of those guys. They, they have guys that got to hit jump shots. Curry, Clay, Chris Paul, um, even Brandon Pachemski. I mean, Pachemski can get to the lane, uh, and he does a whole lot by, by tipping balls out and you know getting loose balls and rebounds. He creates second-chance opportunities. Uh, but Sharich, jump shooter, Wiggins, at the beginning of the season was kind of a live-or-die-by-the-jump-shot kind of guy. So I think Kaminga really fills a nice void on the offensive end, yes, uh, but then of course also defensively being able to stay in front of stay in front of people. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Evan Giddings with you for just a little while longer here on Warriors wrap up. Um, let's get out to Mark in Milbray. What's up, Mark? Here on Warriors wrap up on ninety five seven. How you doing? Oh, sorry, Mark. I apologize. Uh, in that case, Sterling, would we be able to get to our extending the three point line? Curry with the ball. He leads all players in the NBA in clutch scoring. Backs up, shoots over Goga Batazzi. He turned away. He was going back up the floor. He knew it was going in. Warriors go up by seven, 104-97. Stephen Curry now with 31 points. And that is extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Go visit westcoastmenshealth.com for more information. This is Warriors Wrap-Up, and you are listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM HD1 San Francisco, always live in the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. Um, let's clean up a couple of these... Clean up a couple of these messages. If there's anything you want to ask me, whether it's about the game, whether it's about Steve Kerr's update, or I guess lack thereof, of Draymond Green before the game. He's officially missed 10 games now from the suspension. The Warriors are 8-9 this year. Actually, 9-9 after the win without him. So they are a game below 500 without him. Uh, they are 500. Uh, they're 500. Game below 500 with him. They are 500 without him. Um, also from the Comcast business text line. Uh, from the 510, good job on the turnovers. That was also something that Steve Kerr harped on, except for the one 15-second <laughs> span at the end of the game. Yeah, a lot of bad decisions were made. Actually, that was really funny when – so Curry turns it over in the backcourt, and I forget who the second turnover was on, or it was like a near turnover. There was a couple of passes. The Warriors throw it out near midcourt. Clay gets it, then it gets bad, and then the Magic give it up, and it goes back and forth. And while that sequence is happening, I'm looking over at the bench – and immediately Steve Kerr just pointed Chris Paul. Up, oh, get in the game right now. I'm not having this nonchalant kind of, you know, lackadaisical taking care of the ball. I need a guy that can be out there and secure things. And I think Chris Paul even got wrapped up in a trap or a double team. He called a timeout. Uh, but, you know, Chris Paul is, is Steve Kerr's go-to in those types of situations when the turnovers start to get off the rails. Um 
Also from the uh, from the Comcast business text line, I think everyone is – look, everyone seems to be looking forward to Thursday, and I completely agree. The Warriors make another statement against the Nuggets like they did beating Boston. That's from the 609. That certainly would be a statement, especially considering they haven't beaten the Nuggets this year. I know both games were in Denver, but that's a reason I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday, and I cannot wait to see what they got for Denver. I also – have a side bet with uh, one of my best friends who's from Aurora, Colorado. It's right outside of Denver, and he is up big right now, so I need to dig into that hole a little bit, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Look, I, I think as we kind of put a bow on this thing here on Warriors wrap-up, to me, I, I thought that this game was was big, and I also saw something that was posted on social media about Clay Thompson after the game. Apparently, he had a, a heartfelt conversation with Steve Kerr about adjusting how he's approached the mentorship, the leadership aspect, and just the game of basketball in general. Because Clay Thompson, during the last two games, mainly, he didn't shoot well against Denver, but, you know, what, 1-11 against Miami and then didn't shoot well against uh, Dallas, was seen on the bench, didn't play the last eight and a half minutes of their last game before this, and he was moping, and he wasn't happy. And even in the third quarter of the game tonight, mind you, uh, when... Clay picked up his third foul, I believe it was. Sorry, it was in the tail end of the first half. Picks up his third foul, goes to the bench, elbows the bench, was talking to himself, clearly frustrated because he hadn't shot well in the first half, and then he elbows the bench again and kind of like, you know, oh, my bad. I I, I didn't realize I, I hit my elbow that hard. Like, Clay Thompson is in a, it can be emotional, uh, emotionally volatile, and after the game, he said that he had a conversation with Steve Kerr about how he needs to put that aside. Now, I know this is a long time coming, but you can't be concerned with getting back to the player you were or proving people wrong about the player you are. It's about winning, and that's something that I I think Kerr mentioned after the Dallas game, and a lot of people thought that he was just talking about or maybe it was the young guys, or maybe it was um, Looney, you know. But when he said agendas, to me, I think he was he was also. I mean, he's pointing the finger at everybody, but a lot of that was also for Clay Thompson because he was the one that was being expressive in a negative fashion, and that has a trickle down effect, especially when you're in the middle of a game and you're trying to figure out how to get out of this. It's not the end of the world if you miss three threes. It could be the end of the world if you miss three threes that turn into an extended period of time in which you cannot get out of your own head. Because whether we you know, believe it or not, the fact remains, Klay Thompson is an important part of this Warriors team if they are to be successful. And however you feel about him is how you feel about him. But when Klay is on like he was tonight, making the right decisions, you know, taking good shots, the Warriors can be successful. And when he's in his own head... And when he shoots them out of possessions, he can also shoot them out of basketball games. And that was on display during the three-game losing streak. So I'm glad to see that Clay is hopefully taking that and is going to be able to kind of flip a switch a little bit, to not get down on himself as much if he picks up three early fouls. Like, it's okay as long as he did what he did in the fourth quarter, which to me was locking defensively on someone like Paolo Bancaro and make his life a lot harder than it needed to be. So even though Klay Thompson only scored 15 points tonight, I thought he was you know, of, of equal importance to others outside of Steph, who's the big story tonight. 
Um, I, I thought he was important on the defensive side, which is where the Warriors were able to make their hay against an Orlando team that has been getting to the free throw line more than any other team in basketball. They forced 17 turnovers tonight from the Magic. They also were able to clean up on the offensive and defensive glass, and they gave up 13 offensive boards in the first half. Had only three in the second half. I think that is a sign that there's gang rebounding. Clay Thompson's involved in there as well. But guys are hitting bodies. Guys are being where they're supposed to be. And guys are- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Making plays. So, you know, tonight was a solid win for the Warriors. Stephen Curry just snatched the souls of the magic in the second half. Um, was shimmying, was taking look-away threes, was staring at the Orlando bench. He shouldered the load offensively, and then everyone else fell in line. That, to me, is the way the Warriors have to win games against quality opponents like the Magic in a way that I hope that they can continue that on Thursday against the Denver Nuggets. But that's going to put a bow on this edition of Warriors Wrap-Up. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I am off on Thursday, so Mark Granny will be back with you for Warriors Live and Wrap-Up on Thursday. Warriors got another couple of important home games ahead of them. Obviously Denver, but then Detroit, Toronto, New Orleans. This is a chance for them to make up some ground and get back ideally above 500 heading into the road trip on January 12th. That might be the time that Draymond comes back. That also might be four games in a road trip before Draymond comes back on January 19th. All of that is in front of the Warriors, uh, but it did start with a much-needed win tonight. They snap a three-game skid, and they beat the Orlando Magic by a final score of 121-115. to A big thank you to all of you listening out there, whether it's on the Odyssey app, 
whether it's on YouTube and Twitch, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. We appreciate you tuning in during the day as well. Uh, everyone is going to be back tomorrow. Our lineup will be regular. I know it's been all over the place during the holidays. Bonte and Butcher from 6 a.m. to 9 or 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Signing Guru from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And the Wilderness Dibs are in for 2 to 6 all six hosts back tomorrow. I'm sure this game is going to be a major talking point along with, of course, the way that the Niners have been playing on 95-7 the game. So a big thank you to Sterling Bennett, our network coordinator. Big thank you to all of our producers back in studio working hard back there. Uh, my name is Evan Giddings saying so long from Chase Center where the Warriors beat the Orlando Magic. They move a game within 500. The final score one last time is 121-115. to We appreciate you tuning in here tonight, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.